Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen to a roller coaster and Infinity Wars edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm your New Jersey Kid Joshi and joined by my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Oh man, we're branching out of wrestling? Yeah. Well, the roller coaster part comes from um, a sprinkler guy who doesn't know where cable wires are. So we almost couldn't record this podcast tonight. Uh, but luckily, uh, my friend Angelo, shout out to you, Angelo, uh, came and saved the day by uh, fixing our cable. And the Infinity Wars edition comes from Backlash was so disappointing that we're going to take a chunk of this podcast to talk about a good thing that happened recently. Not in the world of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, because there, there are definitely some other good things that happened in the world of wrestling. But I, I, just, I feel like not a lot happened this week overall. No. Even with, like, we, we started the build to Money in the Bank, right? Like, mm-hmm. shouldn't that be like a, fuck yeah, it's, it's, Money in the Bank has morphed into, like, it's now, it's not the big four anymore, it's the big five. Money in the Bank mm-hmm. is a go-to pay-per-view now, and we had a couple of qualifying matches, and they were okay. Yeah, they were all right. There was, there was nothing, like, really offensive about any of them, I guess. I'm I'm a little yeah. bit confused with the whole, like, Rusev over Daniel Bryan, yet Miz is in the minute in the Money in the Bank match. Like I thought, they must really want in, to but... hold that feud off, right? I guess yeah, they want to hold that off, and they want to, I guess, continue Big Cass and Daniel Bryan a little longer. Which yeah, but what do you do? I guess the Miz is now concentrating on Money in the Bank rather than like a specific feud. Yeah, he'll just concentrate they still on have Money in the like until you then. have five weeks until Money in the Bank. Like it's kind of hard to keep a character focus like that for that long i mean maybe maybe for most characters but i feel like miz is so competent on the stick at this point that like he could That's probably true. yeah because he's just going to start picking fights with all the other guys that are in money in the bank right mm-hmm. and trying to weaken them up before the pay-per-view so i could see that or maybe he could even try to get in with like another tag team or some other guys on the smackdown roster to try and convince to be like cronies of his and then send them after some guys like i I could see him filling the time. I'm surprised actually he hasn't brought up. So he's a Cleveland guy, right? Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't brought up LeBron James at all. Like they're killing it in the playoffs right now. Oh, maybe he's maybe he's waiting till they're back in Cleveland or something. Maybe or like because they they just destroy Toronto. Uh, it's the second round of the playoffs right now, and they won four games to nothing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty commanding lead. Yeah. You know, almost commanding as the sort of lead that I would have, I would have booked, if if it were me, that I would have given to a guy like Braun Strowman coming out of the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yet instead, we're marred down by him telling us about childhood instances of him destroying treehouses. Yeah, um, what's what what's with like, childhood this week? We also had the weird interviews of from Bobby Lashley. I think my far fetched theory on this one is that they were paralleled because they're going to start feuding here at some point. So, like, Braun Strowman had, like, the story about destroying the treehouse or whatever. And mm-hmm. then Lashley's telling us about some, like, weird creepy shit about how he wants to, like, tell his sisters that he loves them. Yeah, so he had his, his sister had, it wasn't a security blanket, it was a security towel or something. And she took it around with her everywhere and it got really dirty. And some <laughs> bully tried to steal it. So he then took the towel and shoved it down this bully's throat. <laughs> right down the throat. Yeah, so suffocated a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Murdered a child yeah. for a towel. <laughs> and they just looked at you the know, camera. It would and be was great like... if like Mick Foley came out, like interrupted the interview. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's my gimmick. <laughs> whoa. All right. As long as it wasn't a sock. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I, I I shove <laughs> dirty socks down people's throats as long as it wasn't in sock, we're good. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're just I don't know what the heck is. It. Well, at least Braun Strowman, I guess, is in the Money in the Bank match, right? So yes, I assume he's. But I like I don't see him winning it. Do you? No, because like he doesn't need that. You you give Money in the Bank to mm. someone like. Well, like first Finn of all, Balor. what's the last? Yeah, uh. It would be nice to see a face win it again. When's the last time we had a face win it? I can't remember. It's been a while. When I mean, the, the only one that ever comes to mind for me is... um Daniel Bryan? Or was there... Oh, oh yeah. Dean Ambrose. You know what? I'm thinking Rob Van Dam. But yeah, you're right, Daniel Bryan. Dean Ambrose was the last face that won it. Yes. And then he cashed in the same night. Yeah, because, uh, let's see here. 2017, we had Corbin and Carmella. And then 2016, you're right, we had Dean Ambrose. Yep. So, all right, it hasn't been that long. But proportionally over Money in the Bank winners, it's generally a heel gimmick. Yeah, and I, I guess I probably wasn't thinking because... So, Dean was a face at the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Maybe because he's been back and forth. I wasn't even thinking about that. Well, I'm really hoping when he comes back, which he should be coming back relatively soon, right? Yeah, we should be getting um, him back soon. And who else is out that I'm thinking of? I don't know, but man, like, I hope that when he comes back, though, that like they just put the gas all the way down on heel mode for Dean Ambrose and let him go wild. I think, like, have him come back. Uh, ooh, well, well, I guess, who? which brand does he come back to? Raw. Have him come back and go after Seth immediately. I was going to say that. I was going to say, you have Seth, who's so hot right now. Mm-hmm. And Seth, I hadn't thought about this. Seth, it's been like two years since Seth has been this hot, I would say. Because I think it's been, it was two years ago that he came back from that injury, right? And they had him as the heel mm-hmm. instead of a baby face. Yeah, so he's been for a while. Yeah, because he came back and he had like all the natural babyface fire, and they had him heal instead for a little bit yeah. until they eventually figured it out. But they then even the then he was still down. Yeah, well, because then by then a lot of the momentum had worn off, and he had like been marred down by some weird heel shit. And then didn't he re-injure himself? I think so. Yeah, because that's that's been a big part too. The last couple of years for him is like the injuries and coming back from injuries. Mm-hmm. Like that's been a very big part of his story, um, but yeah, he's he's really hot as fuck right now. Uh huh. Um, so I you I have say... the crowd like screaming, "Burn it down!" on his entrance. You have them mm-hmm. getting hyped for his curb stomp. I love that because I've always said that he's a bit of a, a new age Shawn Michaels. I love that he's doing like the uh, wind up the band, so to speak, mm-hmm. for his curb stomp. Yep. Oh man! All right, so let's let's get into backlash a little bit at least because i gotta say despite a lot of that show being bad his match with the miz was really good and definitely match, of the, match night, of the night for sure by far and it was just all downhill from there yeah <laughs> yeah unfortunately it was um i mean I, I will say at least this uh before we i don't know how much we're going to talk about backlash overall but uh as little as, as far possible. as and as far as another match that i thought was good until the ending at least i thought that Sh- uh, shinsuke and aj was pretty good up until the ending. Yeah, it's weird. They've had sort of a um, up and down in, in terms of matches, right? Like, WrestleMania wasn't as good as we were expecting it, I guess. And then, great match at the Greatest Royal Rumble. And, like, another good match here, I would say. I Actually, you know what? Outside of the finish, I I prefer this one out of the three. I yeah. thought this one was the best. I, did, I just hope... I just want to pay off to the low blows, right? Like, yeah, um, like, I, I right. did. I like the double low. I did like the double low blow spot. Like, I was actually like, oh, that's kind of cool. If, uh, if AJ had worn a cup, but the fact that he still didn't wear a cup until yeah. that, it's like, all right, AJ Styles. But at is least a- he's getting he's getting revenge back on Nakamura, right? It's not like Nakamura. This whole match was just hitting him in the nuts, and he was getting away with it. Like, no, but they still they still could have like that could have been the finish. Is like they both go for the double dick kick, but then like mm-hmm. Nakamura is injured because his balls got kicked, and he kicked into you know Styles' cup, and then Styles could be like, ha ha, you see, 
I wore the cup, and I'm willing to cheat because he's being a cheating piece of shit, and then pin Nakamura. Like, that would have been better. But the fact that he still didn't wear a cup when it's a no-disqualification match, and this guy has been nutshotting him for the last month. Like, I, like, how stupid can you be? Well, the booking is just stupid, right? Like, I don't know where they're going with this. Like, how much more do you want to elevate this? You just had a no-DQ match. Is it a last-man-standing match that's next? That's... I feel like that's the only stipulation that makes sense anymore, right? Right now that you have the the this one ended with the two of them being down, which I'm get like, you know what? If if the greatest Royal Rumble match hadn't happened, I would have been fine with this finish. Yes, but because we just ha- we literally had a yeah. double count a week ago. Yeah, we just had a non finish with these guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. It was a week ago we had a non finish <laughs> with it with and it's a, the same finish. It's not even like. This one you could it was no DQ, right? So you can mm-hmm. still have just one of them win by count out, but then the title doesn't change. So like I don't know, that at least would have been different, not a, another double count out. Like the booking of this this show I think was the huge problem was you had that finish. Mm-hmm. So the fans going, "Okay, not another a repeated finish from a week ago for this match." Plus the fact that it yeah, it wasn't a definitive finish. And then they knew they're like, okay, Shinsuke and AJ's done. Now we get a Roman Reigns match. Fuck this. Right. And that's why there was those beat the traffic chants, which I loved. Yeah, because yeah, even in the Shinsuke and AJ chant, they in that match they were chanting main event. So people were already starting to get pissed off because they saw the writing on the wall of like, yeah. oh fuck, they put the Roman match over the title again. These and a Roman match with Samoa Joe. Like, yeah, with a, a guy that's not even on the same brand as him. Zero yeah. stakes. But Roman's the star, I guess, right? Yeah. And so then, yeah, it's like people were just fucking bullshit. And then finally, by the time, right, when it got to that match, half the people were just standing up and leaving. <laughs> I I like that chant because we chant that at uh, Union Games when the team <laughs> is losing and people leave early. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because we stay till like, the bitter end. So we, anytime people start leaving early just because they're losing, we, we chant beat the traffic. Mm-hmm. This this is a whole nother level. Like I don't even know how WWE could ignore this. Like people are yeah. actively standing up and walking out of a show that they paid to come and see. And the camera, the camera shot to them. Yep. And then like it's so much so that the rest of the audience is noticing and chanting about it. Yeah. Because they're probably thinking like, shit. You know what? If I hadn't paid for this show like this much, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. Like that's bad. And it's 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 funny too because it's like it's one of those things where like the match didn't even actually earn it. It's not that the match was so bad that the people it's like people are just so fucking fed up with Roman Reigns in the situation that that's why this happened. Uh, the match wasn't like the greatest though. Like they didn't no, was... do their their all out. Like when I hear Samoa Joe versus Ro- Roman Reigns, I want to brawl, mm-hmm. and you didn't get that. No, I mean it, the match wasn't great either, but it wasn't. Like, the match in of oh, itself wasn't, wasn't so offensively bad yeah. to cause this reaction. That's just what I'm trying to say, is that this was not a direct reaction to the match. It's exactly, a little yeah. bit to the match, but mostly just, you know, it's fuck this Roman Reigns booking. We yeah. don't want it. And I can I, I can see the reasoning for the booking because of how these certain matches ended. Like, I, I think I saw the logic of, we the title match is ending in a double countout. We don't want that being the last match on the card. But that's what I'm saying. Then don't book it the way you're right. doing. It. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like they they create their own problem, right? Like we don't want to. We don't want AJ or Shinsuke getting a win here. All right, then don't don't have that match or something. Like I don't. I would need to take some time to think about what they could have done dif- differently. But yeah, just or, not that. Like. You know, they could have, like, the greatest were our Rumble because that was just a fucking throwaway match anyway. Like, you could have thrown in, like, a third opponent into that just so that it was different there. Just spice it up different, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of things you could have done differently to mm-hmm. not just, yeah, because then you're in the problem of, like, oh, well, shit, all right, we decided that we're going to do this double finish again for some fucking stupid reason. So because of that, we want to try and send the crumb happy with a definitive win. So we're going to put Roman in the main event, which is going to piss everybody off. It's like... What are you guys doing? You, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. But oh well, I guess it is what it is. And uh, 
Moving on. You know what? I want to talk to you a little bit about New Japan because those have been some great booking uh, decisions. Just real quick, I just wanted to mention the Dan O'Brien big versus Big Cast match. Mm, I thought yeah. that was a, a decent one, uh, and I did like the finish there. Yeah, Daniel Bryan beat Big Class clean with a submission, but mm. then had Big Cass attack Bryan afterwards, which gave him back his heat. I don't know. I wasn't a fan of the attack afterwards because it was like, to me in my mind... It's because like, that's just going to extend the feud, yeah. Well, that and the fact that, like, all right, if you were so beaten down or outclassed that you tapped out, then, like, why are you able to just get up and beat him up? Yeah. Like... That's a that's a their booking problem, right? It's like, oh, we have Daniel Bryan, we have Big Cass. Why are you putting them together? Like, <laughs> well, it's it's the same problem I have with like. So actually, I guess this is part of the problem too with like the match with Roman Reigns and generally a John Cena match problem is that when you have a match structured where it's like one guy just gets his ass beat the whole time and then just turns around, and hits the other dude with two moves, and then wins, it makes the guy that was getting the offense the whole time look actually worse the more time that he just gets offense because it's like. Imagine the same scenario of like, all right, if me and you were fighting and you hit me with a hundred punches to the face and you still didn't beat me and I punched you once in the face, doesn't that make you way look like way shittier than if you would just punch me like two or three times in the face and I didn't go down and then I punched you once or if I punched you like the equal amount of times that you punched me and then you went down, like the more times you punch me and I don't go down makes you look worse. Yeah. And then the least amount of times I punch you, like it, it's so fucking weird. It just it fucks people over so bad. Um, it just I think that was part of the problem too. Yeah, I mean part of their problem is like just their booking decisions, right? Like with that right. match, you have Daniel Bryan fresh, freshly returned. You don't want to have him lose yet. I get that, and then you have him lose on SmackDown, but whatever. <laughs> um, mm. uh, and then you have Big Cass, a little more fresh off of a return. And so you don't want him to lose. So you have to, if you're going to have him lose, have to give something back to him. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So then here's my thing is like, if you wanted to do that finish of him attacking afterwards, then have him lose in a roll up. Not that he submitted, because then if he submitted, then doesn't that look, make him look like a complete bitch? Yeah. Like, especially if he submitted when he, he was still strong enough to be able to attack the guy afterwards. Because then it's like, if you're so big that you, like, couldn't you have just powered out of the fucking move? I don't know. Like, it just there's a fundamental disconnect that just is bad. It's bad, I think. It's so bad. It's so bad. But something that's good. Because uh, within WWE's umbrella, down at NXT, they're putting together some really excellent feuds that I wanted to highlight. Uh, one in particular, I think that Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai has been fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, Dakota Kai has been so good in helping to submit Shayna Baszler as the absolute monster that she is. Oh, my God. she She's the perfect, like, terrified, mm-hmm. like, girl. And it, it's great. Like, I love the fact that, like, she saw her and she acted like she saw a ghost. And mm-hmm. um, then was, like, worried about her the entire time, like, out in the ring and when she was getting interviewed in the back and stuff, so... Yeah, exactly. It's like this constant presence. Like, you can never forget about her. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And then uh, I've been digging, too. What did you think of this start here of uh, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet? I love it. I think it's a, it's another great feud for Velveteen to show off his skill. This is going to be more of showing off his skills in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his feud with Aleister Black was, like, skills in the ring, but also work on the mic. Um, mm-hmm. And this one's just going to be, all right, how can you go in the ring with a guy like that? Totally, yeah. Like, to see if he can keep up on that absolute pinnacle level that Ricochet is at. Yeah. But I got to say, too, like, even for this little bit of mic work, I was really impressed with Velveteen. Like, mm-hmm. he did a really good job of, like, understanding his character and, like, embodying it. I Well, I just meant with that, like, Ricochet isn't the the greatest promo. He's, he's yeah. not going to raise Velveteen's level on a promo. Alistair would. No, but you know what? Maybe um, Velveteen's going to raise Ricochet's game on the program. That Exactly. Like, we keep thinking, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't say it like I did, right? <laughs> like, Well, they're going to help well, each other out, right? Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, Shayna, though, uh, Nikki Cross coming back and yeah. showing why why she didn't go up to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hell, fair enough. I I dig Nikki Cross. I'd like to see her against Shayna Baszler. That, that would really be a brawl. 
I think this is also going to be a pretty long feud with how, with how they set it up. Yeah, that, I could definitely see that happening, for sure. I could see a couple like months worth of uh, these two going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It was just, actually, you know what? It, NXT was really good this week compared to Yeah, <laughs> yeah NXT. We also had, um, uh, was it the War Raiders? Uh, their debut match, right? Um, they definitely, yeah. It, was it their debut match? They had they fought against a uh, yeah War Machine. Or sorry, War Raiders fought against Heavy Machinery. Yes, That's why they're not War Machine is because they are a <laughs> machine tag team. Now they can be right. They defeated them. They're yeah, gonna they go. Can, away. <laughs> they can take back the machine name. Yeah. So what's Heavy oh Machinery? God, it's gonna be like Heavy Guys. <laughs> heavy Stakes jobbers. and Weights. Where they change their name to Stakes and Weights. Oh, that's got to be their name. Maybe. Uh, I mean, that's a good catchphrase already. Yeah. Um, also, EC3. I thought cut a nice promo. Yeah, it, explaining his intentions to make NXT NX3. Yes. Which and I that was to the 1%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was good, smart branding. Like, I like that. That was a good promo. NXT, it's definitely, you can tell, it's been refreshed now. We lost a lot of people mm-hmm. with the recent call-ups and stuff, but the class that they brought in. And they're not even done yet bringing the people in. There's still some guys waiting at the Performance Center. Yeah, I mean, and they're still constantly like bringing in new guys, too. Like, Yeah, uh, Keith Lee just got signed off of the Independence, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Dijak has been at the Performance Center. So... They, they don't have to worry about uh, a small NXT roster. They're going to be good for a while. Yeah, they, they seem to be good for quite a while, I would say. Um, but speaking of things that are going to be good for a little while, let me tell you about the card for the next New Japan show after some of the developments here at Dontaku. Because mm-hmm. the next show is Dominion, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so at Dominion, we're going to be having the Young Bucks challenging against Evil and Sonata for the IGW or IWGP tag titles. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we also have, on this show, we're going to be having, I think, Juice Robinson challenging Jay White, because that's the new U.S. title feud, and I assume that'll be culminating at um, Dominion. Okay. So we got that. We got Jericho fighting Naito for the Intercontinental nice. title. And then we Apparently, have... A, that ahead. was a huge work. Yeah, that that was fucking awesome. I'll get into uh, that, that for a second, but then I just okay. got to tell you, the main event for this, Okada has challenged Omega to settle their feud series because right now they stand at 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Okada's 1-1, one, one, he lost one, and they have one tie. Mm-hmm. And he can't stand that. And Omega accepted on the condition that it's going to be no time limit and two out of three falls. Yeah, I like that setup. I like that it was Okada challenging, and then Omega being like, okay, but this is how we're doing it. Yep. Yeah, so this is some insane shit. Uh, but yeah, let's let's hop back to Jericho real quick, because that was a great reveal. I loved that. Uh, even though yeah. his mask got stuck a little bit. like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Don Callis, the announcer on New Japan World, mm-hmm. has a podcast uh, with Lance Storm. Actually, it's... Lance is taking a hiatus from the podcast, but he's still the podcast is still going. Um, called Killing the Town, and so he revealed that he's so he he's close with Jericho, like they're good friends. Mm-hmm. And Jericho usually lets him know when he's going to come over to Japan. And so uh, Don had heard these rumors, like, "Oh yeah, when's Chris coming? When's Chris coming?" And he's like, "I thought Chris was done. Like he made it seem like he was done." So he texts him, and like Chris has given him like a runaround answer and stuff like that. And then Don gets to the show, and anytime he goes over to Japan, he always tries to get like an interview. Like he got um the uh, uh is it was it Tomatonga's tag team, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, those guys. He got them on the show this week, and so they were trying to find a room to do the interview in, and the room they walked into at the arena. Uh, as soon as Don walked in, he could see how it was set up that it was set up for Jericho, mm. and so he texted him. He's like. Oh, you son of a bitch. I know you're coming now. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like later that. uh, And so Don actually, I thought this was a great move. Don purposely did not tell Kevin Kelly what was happening. 
Mm. Like, so he he wanted Kevin's, like, real reaction. And he goes, what sucks was, though, is that they couldn't quite see what was going on over there mm-hmm. when he was actually doing the attack. So oh, they had sure. to, like, wait for a replay, but yeah. Huh. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad they were able to keep that secret on the level. Well, I guess the level they did, right? Because there was some stuff getting out about him getting there. Yeah, before. Don said it's surprised that it got out because he said it's usually a close-knit circle that knows. He's, it's usually, like, him... Uh, the two bookers, uh, Gato, and I can't remember the other guy's name, and then like Chris himself, and that's usually it. Yeah. But yeah, great angle. I'm really excited for that. It was one of those things where it did feel really weird if he wasn't going to come back. So I'm glad that he did to pick that up. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just attacking Naito and leaving was like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> I don't. I feel like we should just all anymore just like not fucking believe Jericho because. Yeah. He sits there and tweets, I'm done with New Japan, never going back, blah, blah, blah. Like, everyone should just be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, all right. Yeah. He, he's the boy who cried wolf, but he, everyone falls for it every time. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, he's just so good. He's, he's fucking brilliant, man. Although it's, uh, <clears throat> there was something I remember, I was watching an interview of his, and I think probably does shed some light onto his real psychology, on mm-hmm. why he, or what he really is thinking and doing. Which is that he, the, a lot of the things that he does, he's not really necessarily always doing it for money. He's always doing it because of something that he's interested in. So he wants oh, he to doesn't keep need as many, money anymore. Right. So he wants to keep as many doors open as possible at all times. Yeah. So that he can do what he wants. So when he would say something like that, it probably be like, oh, fuck New Japan. That's probably really like, oh, yeah, he just wants to throw everybody off the scent because he wouldn't close that door unless he had to. No. Yeah. And I do. I like <laughs> his line drawn in the sand right so everyone's saying like now that he's back there oh he's gonna do the la show that uh new japan is doing Uh, i forget when that is Mm -hmm. um but i was like i I think he has that line drawn that it's okay to go over and do new japan in japan but i don't think he would ever Mm -hmm. wrestle on american soil not for WWE. so yeah i think i'm trying to did he say that specifically i think he said it at some point I think it was when it was first rumored that he was going over to New Japan or he already did or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I, that's because, yeah. like you just said, he doesn't want to close any doors. Why piss off Vince and right. not be able to go back to the WWE? Exactly. So that's why he wouldn't do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, another, another interesting point that came out of that whole show that was really cool, I want to get your thoughts on, is I think that we may have finally figured out who is actually going to be the leader of the Bullet Club finally. Oh. And what the fate of it all is. Because uh, out of the two nights, because there was the first night where um, Bullet Club had like the inter-Bullet Club six-man tag match. It was Gorillas of Destiny versus Young Bucks and Marty. And Young Bucks and Marty got the six-man tag titles. And then the second night when we came out, because um, so another piece of information on the first night, Kenny came out with this like robe, like a five-year anniversary Bullet Club robe on. Uh-huh. And in the second night, Tama Tonga came out with it on. And also on the same night, on that second show, because they had uh, another big Bullet Club match, and this was Cody and the rest of the Elite versus uh, Omega, Ibushi, and then the Gorillas of Destiny and Fale. So it was five on five. Cody's mm-hmm. team ends up losing. And afterwards, uh, Omega chases Cody out of the arena. So then they're both oh, out, wow. and then Ibushi also kind of walked away because he's not part of Bullet Club. He was just kind of following Omega. And then the rest of all the Bullet Club guys, including um, the rest of the guys that weren't in that match that came out, all of the other Bullet Club guys do a two-suite together. So I think what this is showing through no promo, but just sort of what the language is, is that Omega is done with the Bullet Club, and he's passed the mantle on to Tamatanga. Oh, shit. I think Tamatanga is going to be the new leader. And this is also supported by the fact that a little later in the show, we had the junior weight heavyweight title match between uh, Will Ospreay and Kushida. And after that match, Tamatanga comes out and introduces us to the new member of Bullet Club, revealing the man under the mask of the Bone Soldier to be Taiji Ishimori, which is another like, oh, Japanese well. superstar. I haven't really heard of him yet. I'm going to have to look him up a little bit. I've heard the name, though. But he's like jacked to the gills and shit like that. And the fact that Tamatanga is introducing a new member of the Bullet Club, I think that I think this is what's happening. I think that Cody was the one who tried to usurp it, and he's getting kicked out. Omega mm-hmm. is moving on with Ibushi, and Tamatanga is going to lead the new Bullet Club because he could be kind of like the new heavyweight leader. 
You've got the new tag team that are no longer junior weights. You've got the heavyweight, you know, Young Bucks. And you've got this new guy for the light heavyweight title. I feel like this is where Bullet Club's headed. I think Tomatonga's the new leader. That's awesome. I, Which, I like that it's mm-hmm. it's someone who's a New Japan original, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but still a foreigner, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Like this. This feels kind of like the weird hidden right choice. Where it was like the whole thing was like, oh, is it going to be Kenny? Is it going to be Cody? And it's like, well, actually, I guess it's going to be Tama. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm totally down for it because I I think this is still a really fun, cool storyline, right? Where like Omega had his time and now he's moving on, and then Cody had his like he was in here and now he tried to usurp it, but like you know, Omega drew like drove him out essentially. Because I could still yeah. see like you know, especially if you know Tama Tonga is going off a of Bullet Club and doing his stuff, because <laughs> I I have a very sneaking suspicion that Omega is winning the title off of Okada after this, and I could see Cody coming back and being like a one of the first challengers. After mm-hmm. Omega gets a title of like, fuck you, you ruined my plan to take over the Bullet Club, and now I'm going to try and take your title from you. Like, yeah, that could be kind of cool. Because, yeah, I definitely, I don't know, what's your thoughts? I, I think Omega is winning the title. This two I out of three it, falls match. I think he is, limit. too, because I feel like the buildups has been long <laughs> enough. Okada's had the title. Um, and with Okada now breaking Tanahashi's streak for the most defenses, like... Yeah. I really don't know what other mountain there is to climb for him right now as champion. Right, and then, then you get the accomplishment of Kenny being the first... No, he's not going to be the first foreigner to win the IWGP. No. Other but, than Styles, I think he's probably the only one, though, right? Well, Lesnar had it, too. Oh, that's right. All right. Um, well, he's like the first like real New Japan gaijin guy, though, right? Yeah, he has... He said in an interview at one point, there's something about him winning. Oh, first Canadian. I think that's oh, what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be true. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He said something in an interview one time about him being the first something to win the title. I think mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, that would be a big deal. I mean, it would just be a big deal if he won it. I think people would go fucking nuts. And mm-hmm. I feel like that would definitely be the right choice. Like he He's so fucking over right now. And he like he's called the best bout machine for a reason. Oh yeah. And you know if if that's really because that that's especially in New Japan they really understand that that's the role of the champion right is like the top guy who's going to be able to have the best matches against whoever you put in there with him. Yeah. And I feel like Omega fits that bill. Definitely. So I'm I'm pulling for it. I hope it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I don't know because there's also like a great. Uh, synchronicity too between like the last time that he had fought and beat him was in the same place that they're going to be fighting like I think it's Osaka Joe Hall if I remember correctly so it's like the same place even at the same pay-per-view I think it was at Dominion yeah when he beat him before so it's like all right here we go now fate's finally catching up (laughs) it all works out yeah that's I'm hoping man it's gonna be insane Although, actually, interesting rumor I'd heard about the Bullet Club you might be really interested in was uh, that apparently Daniel Bryan was saying that his kind of plan, if he had gotten out onto the indies, was that he wanted to basically be, like, the guy going up against Bullet Club. Yeah, you're talking about his uh, interview with Jericho? Yep, yeah, it was the interview with Jericho. That would have been fucking sick. Holy shit. Yeah, I liked that. that. And I liked that it was so... He was like, I didn't want to be in the Bullet Club. I wanted to be the one going against them. Yep. Yeah, that would make infinitely more sense. Yeah. Could, yeah, him being part of the Bullet Club would have been so fucking weird. <laughs> I just liked how he didn't hesitate. Jericho was like, did you think about leaving? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was going to go wrestle for Ring of Honor, New Japan, and then uh, CMLL. That, I thought, that was the, actually the most interesting tidbit. Hmm. Uh, was his choice of CML, CMLL, because AAA is the bigger promotion right now, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, maybe maybe he likes the people who run CMLL a little better. Yeah, maybe. I but I think he he said he was like he wanted to do a mask versus hair match and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why the fuck not, right? Exactly. But in in the world of why the fuck not, I don't know. Is there anything else to discuss in wrestling? Because I'm at, I'm at this point, I'm feeling like 
Let's Fuck talk no. about Infinity War. Unless there was yes. anything else from wrestling for you. Uh, no, nothing else for me. All right, then. Oh, you know what? I just remember one last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Because it hasn't quite happened yet, but the rumors have been heavy. Do you think there's going to be a tag team Money in the Bank? Ooh, I don't know. Cause I would, I would, I'm really like, come on, let's do it, guys. That's a good idea. <laughs> let's keep the good ideas going. Yeah, well, and like, why the fuck not, right? Like, if the women mm. have one, the men have one. Like, let's let's put it in the tag team division. There's no reason to not. Especially Apparently, because if the, if, they, uh... if they're trying to figure out how they want to book around and write around this whole Bludgeon Brothers scenario where they're just dominating everybody. A money in the bank cash in would be a really good way to write around how to end their reign of dominance. Or the authors of Pain on Raw, if they wanted to go on that show instead. Mm. Like, I because like on Raw, I would love to see guys like Dolph and Drew get it. On SmackDown, I would love to see like maybe the Usos get it. Hmm, or somebody else. I'd have to think a little bit more about that. But yeah. Uh, I would, I, yeah, like, fuck it. I'd like to see some tag team money in the bank, yeah, especially because like it. I feel like the tag teams are always sort of like the bastard stepchild in the main roster. So it would bring them up to the main event a little bit more. Yeah, it would. It would be a little bit more important because that could even be like a main event of even if it's not like one of the main shows. If it's uh, you know, just like a SmackDown or a Raw, that could be a really big main event. Is like, holy shit, there's a cash in going on. Mm-hmm. So. I think it'd be a good idea. I think it'd be, at this point, stupid if they don't. If they're teasing yeah. it, like, come on, let's do it. And because, like, yeah. I, I, like having just two individual men's Money in the Bank matches, like, I don't know. I don't like that as much. Especially because, like... They, well, they're doing, they're doing one combined one, I thought, right? I think so. But I, I didn't know yeah. if that would be, like, their solution if they weren't going to do a tag team one. If they're like, oh, we'll just do two individual men's ones because like i like the idea even if i'm i'm not sure if it's 100 percent valid right now but i would like the idea of all these briefcases being interbrand and that, that could be like a thing where a guy mm. can get the briefcase or a tag team can get the briefcase and then they could even use that to switch shows like you can cash in on either brand's champions i i liked when they did that before yeah so i think that would be a really cool thing for them to bring back for you know the men the women and the tag teams i think Mm-hmm. If they have money, the bank do that because then you could like even if most of them were going to stick to their same show, you could still at least have one of the cash-ins maybe be like interbrand. Yeah, just to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, hell, I mean, you know what? If you really wanted to get back onto that kick of like the bar being like, "Fuck no, we want the Raw tag team titles," then maybe maybe you have the bar win this, and then they do a surprise cash-in on the Raw tag team champions at some point to jump back over to Raw. Like that could work. Yeah, good. So, do it, WWE. Do it. You won't. You won't do it. We're booking it in all raw this week. I put the. I haven't put in like the detailed things for the suggestions yet, but uh, I I put up the skeleton at least. I don't know if you've taken a look at it yet. Nah, but, uh, not yet. But I got Drew and Dolph versus um, Rhino and Slater for a spot, and then Titus Worldwide versus the Revival, competing for Money in the Bank tag team slots. Very nice. Very nice. How much? <laughs> that racism brought to you by Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the good thing that we've both seen in the past few weeks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you know what? It relates to wrestling, right? Like, Thanos, the way they Is booked that movie. Heel? Like, yeah, they put the heel over strong right away, right? Because they killed mm-hmm. off a beloved baby face of Loki. Like, yeah. immediately. Oh, yeah. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> For anybody who hasn't seen Infinity Wars yet. Because <laughs> we're going to get into some yeah. discussions, and uh, we're going to go spoiler heavy. Yes. Um, so, yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, so Loki dies off right away. Um, loved that little scene with him, though. Like, I know you, you said you didn't like it because it was such a short scene with him. Mm-hmm. But I thought in that scene, you saw the character arc of Loki. Oh, no, I I don't like it because I thought it betrayed Loki's character. I thought it was bullshit. How so? 
Loki has, like, talked himself out of, like, crazier situations than that, or at least, like, tried to instead of, like, just resorting to, like, oh, I'm going to try and get close to you and stab you when I know that shit's not going to work. Like, Mm. why didn't he fake his own death again or try to, like, teleport behind him or or try to, like, sell out, like, like really try to sell out Thor because, like, he tried to do the whole, oh, I pledge my undying loyalty thing. But then, like, he said that and then, like, looked right at Thor and was like, Oh yeah, I'm Loki Odin's son. It was like, are you? Is is there any more obvious way for you to give away the fact that you're trying to betray this dude? Like, come on, you're the trickster god, trick a motherfucker. Ugh. I think maybe was that to put over Thanos that he's like so all powerful that not even Loki could trick him. But I think that that could have been like, and they didn't emphasize this well enough. But he even threw in a little bit of a line of that, like, oh, I know that you failed me before. So I thought that should yeah. be more of the instead of like Loki betraying himself before Thanos figured it out, that should have been the point where then like, oh, okay, fine, I'm gonna drop my ruse. Because it's yeah. like you see through it anyway. And maybe I'm remembering it wrong, like maybe that's how it went down. But I just I feel like I remember being like, fuck this, Loki's smarter than this. Why did he just like kill himself? Well, I just like the arc of like Thanos torturing Thor in front of Loki, Loki first pretending that he doesn't care, but then he does then yeah going into his tricking ways and then ending it with him being the good guy trying to kill thanos mm-hmm. yeah, and i just thought that was kind of his arc overall in all the movies that he's appeared in yeah i guess like maybe just even something i just it was so weak like he didn't even threaten thanos at all like even like maybe if he had done something like oh, well, I disabled this part of the ship and now it's gonna, like, explode with you all on it. Like, fuck you. And then, like, tries to teleport them out or something. Like, at least, I don't know, that would have been more credible. But his plan was I'm gonna try and get close to you and stab you. Like, I mean, I guess that worked on Phil Coulson, but, like, he's a human. Not, <laughs> not like, a god of death. Like, <laughs> and not even then, he at least with... used an illusion. Like, that would have been clever, right? Is that, like, if he just went for him head on and then... Thanos grabbed the illusion and then he tried to stab him from behind. Like, I, I still would have been more okay with that. Like, because at least then you're not just being a dipshit and walking right towards the dude who's like obviously stronger than you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he could have probably illusioned the uh, Tesseract at first, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. So, this, that was like a minor blip on a really great movie overall. Yeah. Because that was, that was one scene I had a problem with. But, like, yeah, in general, I thought Thanos was a really great and well-established villain. Not just from, like, a power perspective, but also the fact that he had, like, a a really, like, continuous character, right? Like, all of his decisions made sense. Exactly. I was going to say, they've been on a roll with that recently with their Mm -hmm. villains. Yeah, Killmonger um, was great, Falcon was great, and now Thanos. Um, So you really understand where that character is coming from like they're still a psycho but you understand the reasoning right and if anything like that was really well done especially in that scene where he was there with red skull and gamora right because yes. he was there and red skull explains that it's like oh i'm here and i have this treasure that i can never obtain so you see that difference between red skull and thanos mm-hmm. right red skull's just like completely fuck the world i'm evil i care about nothing and then thanos is like warped and screwed up where he he's doing evil shit but it's because he thinks it's the right thing to do and he still has that small part of him that loves and he loved Gamora exactly like his his love for his love is so warped right because he's willing to do anything to protect what he thinks needs to be protected which is some sort of cosmic balance I guess and so therefore he's willing to sacrifice anything to do that because he thinks it's for the greatest good in some way Mm-hmm. I, re- I really enjoyed the fact that, like, Gamora didn't realize that, too, until the last minute. Mm-hmm. She yeah. just she was like, you've never loved anything, so you're screwed. Yep. That was good. And then it's just that. him crying. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to feel for the dude a little bit, at least. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I'm sure I... that in his vision of how this was all ending was that, like, yeah, I was going to end half the world, but then me and Gamora could be together in peace afterwards yeah he said that when she was on his ship he was like i didn't think like you would ever come back or something like that Mm -hmm. 
It's like, I, I see us doing this together. So this, this brings up a question. I'm wondering what you think as far as theories. Because there's the part where Gamora was talking about, like, the whole when she went out and go found or go, went to go find the Soul Stone. Yeah. And when does that supposed to happen in the timeline? Like, was she with the Guardians when that happened or was that before? I think it's supposed to be before. I guess. Because as when Guardian starts, mm-hmm. she is definitely from the beginning. She's hesitant to do stuff for Thanos. Right. And so I think I think the idea is that like it's during that time before she actually fully hooks up with the Guardians. Because mm-hmm. there was another thing that was starting to make me question a little bit of Gamora's credibility. Because do you remember back in Guardians of the Galaxy when she was explaining to Peter Quill about how it was like. You know, Thanos was my whatever. He was my dad, but he came and destroyed my home planet, and he killed everybody. Oh, was what she said to him. But now we see in this movie, at least when Thanos is talking about it, he didn't destroy the world. The world's still alive, and at least half of that population now has, I guess, really good resources and stuff. Right? Like they're nobody's starving anymore. They all have food. So, is this just like did they forget and they fucked it up, or? Was she lying to Peter Quill? It was probably they didn't know that detail yet when they wrote the first Guardians. That's that I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that you're right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I would give them super credit if mm-hmm. from the first Iron Man all the way to this movie, they knew all along what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think maybe you could probably also argue that maybe she meant like. Because I think it was her parents were definitely killed. I think though, her actual mm-hmm. parents. So well, I think maybe that's what she meant by everybody. Yeah, um, like everybody that mattered to her. Yeah. Okay, I or, can see that. Yeah. Or she was such a young child; she thought everybody was dead, mm. and then came to find out differently later, and then just like kind of emotionally was cut off from that. So she just says that, like, "Oh, everybody was killed." Or. Yeah. That ma- okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Maybe. Yeah, or at least I could see that rationale. Or that even if it is an inconsistency, then I'm probably going to chalk it up to like them just fucking up a little bit. Yeah. Rather than like, oh man, Gamora's been lying this whole time. <laughs> She's going to turn heel. She's going to turn heel. But then she got heel turned on. So. Um, yeah, Another accolade oh. we got to give out for sure. Doctor Strange, I think, has got to be oh. MVP of the movie. Because what did you uh, did you like his origin movie? I, yeah, I thought Doctor Strange was awesome. I did too. I just thought I was like, what I didn't like, I was just like, he becomes a master so fast, kind of a thing in that movie. Yeah, that that was a problem. And so I was just like, I want to see him like develop somewhere. And I thought this was the movie that did that. I thought this was like, mm-hmm. okay, you're seeing why he is the way he is, like him being a badass. Love yeah. the scenes with him and him and uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark were just great. Yeah, well, that was that was such a great, interesting story development because you know he comes in, he's explained to him about like the duty of guarding the Time Stone, and mm-hmm. then like, look, I'll even sacrifice you or the kid. Like, that's the level of importance of this thing. But yeah. then seeing all the futures, and then it's like, shit, we only win in one, and then bargaining for Tony Stark's life, which definitely guarantees right that like. Tony Stark is absolutely key to defeating Thanos. Yes. I think, did you, uh, I didn't notice this, Aaron noticed this, that it's mainly the original Avengers left at the end of the movie. Yeah, which, that's very interesting, and I think that's definitely what you were talking about, right, as far as, like, the how much did they write, like, way back in, like, back in Iron Man 1 or some long time ago. Yeah. And that makes me definitely think that's like, oh, yeah, this was definitely very heavily written a long time ago. At least, like, a very rough outline of what they yeah, wanted. Exactly. As far as, like, who's going to be left to take on Thanos once half the population's gone, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we have our core people, and then they probably figured out who else was going to be, like, the accessories to that. But, yeah, when yeah, you look at it, it's... Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nebula's still around, right? Yeah. Um, who are some of the extras? A um, lot of the people from Wakanda are still around. Yeah, yeah, we've got the uh, the other Wakandans other than Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then except uh, his sister, we don't know. That's true. Although I'd assume that we would have seen her disappear if she was gone. 
Yes. So I'm assuming she's still around. I think she's going to be one of the keys as well. I think mm-hmm. her, because she's supposed to be like the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. I think she's going to be key coming up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just like the the main basic crew. Mm-hmm. Plus Rocket, like you said. Yeah. And then, and then um, Nebula on uh, Titan. I also, re- I, I like the Hulk storyline. I, I do a little bit, except for the fact that he was, like, so much of a comedy character in this one. That's... Like, they were just... It was just a giant dick joke. The yeah. whole thing was one fucking dick joke. <laughs> but it, it made sense in terms of Hulk usually wins. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, you have him coming in, like, if anyone thought he was going to save the day at mm-hmm. that point. <laughs> like, yeah. um, gets his ass kicked, and then so he's like, nope, not coming out again. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know what? That's that's another good point too, just to show how well they booked Thanos. Right? Was that right away? Mm-hmm. Not only does he like kill Loki, but then he shows that he can go one on one with the Hulk, which up until this point has always been their trump card. For like, yeah. if we can't win this fight, at least we have the Hulk, so the Hulk can win. But now it's which like, oh shit! I, right from the beginning, the trump card gets beat. I love that uh, Loki is the one that said the line. Yeah, but we have a Hulk. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, turnaround. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then, yeah, Hulk goes out, and then, I like that, that, you're right, that did make sense, right? Because Hulk is used to never being defeated, mm. so that he's completely afraid of the fact, like, oh shit, there's a guy who's actually as powerful as me, <laughs> mm. and he can beat me. Now, so he's gonna have to have sex with Black Widow so that he can have his Hulk boner again. Yes. <laughs> now, do you think, uh, Ant-Man and Hawkeye make an appearance in the next movie? I do. And I'm kind of hoping they like, have I, to, right? Because they hype so. this one up as like everybody's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we a, a really interesting part is so they had been advertising this movie for a long time as Infinity Wars Part One. Mm-hmm. That changed. It's now just called Infinity Wars, and then the next one is going to get titled something else. I'm wondering if the next one is going to be called the Infinity Watch, in that like the aftermath of this is like you know obviously we have to split up the the stones and then. We yeah. establish the Infinity Watch, the people who are going to guard them and watch them and stuff like that. Mm. So that that would be my thought, especially because like War and Watch, it's close. Yeah. So, um, I forget what else I was going to say. Oh, and then we didn't talk about this theory being recorded, mm. uh, but the theory that Thanos and then everybody who disappears at the end of the movie is now in the Soul Stone. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, and I, I think you you believe that, uh, you said this got confirmed, right? Yes, uh, one of the Russo brothers mm-hmm. confirmed it to uh, his alma mater. Well, I guess, I feel like that has to make, or, does that make sense anyway, or does that make sense just because, like, with the way the Soul Stone works, like, mm-hmm. isn't it already connected to everybody's lives anyway? So, like, are they, are like, are they in the Soul Stone, quote-unquote? Yes, it, I've... At least according to the comic books, mm-hmm. the, there's basically like a Soul Stone universe. Right. We, this, we saw this... that a little bit in the movie, right? When he was talking with uh, little baby Gamora. Yes. Um, and it's basically this world where everyone lives happily ever after kind of a thing. Hmm. So like everyone can be in the Soul Stone and they, they, they're they going to get along with Thanos kind of a thing. But they can still work to try to get out of it. Hmm. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if there's going to be kind of like a hierarchy though, right? Like, because maybe if the other people are kind of trapped in it, but like if Gamora is the one who's she's the I, key like, to yeah, it or the something key to it, like maybe she has like more power within it. Because mm-hmm. it's also weird, because right? She, like, she keeps appearing in that child form instead of her adult form. Yeah. So then, like, although I was like, I wonder if that's partially because like that's the image of Gamora that like Thanos has in his head that he loves. Yeah. So like that was what he sacrificed, and mm-hmm. like so then that like whatever you sacrifice is always going to be there, maybe as like a reminder. Now, do you think she comes back in the same form or in a different form or something? Gamora. Yeah. I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot, and I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Gamora is going to be like the exception to the rule, whereas like I think everybody else might be able to come back, but I think she might be stuck. Yeah. And I was wondering if part of that is because, like, 
I don't know if this is going to be true at all, but like, yeah, I'm spinning off of my own potential theory here. Yeah. And I was wondering if like part of uh, like Peter Quill's whole redemption coming out of this whole thing, because like while Doctor Strange is definitely, I think, like the greatest hero in this movie, because a lot of other people had great moments. Obviously, Thor had some really cool shit with making yeah. the hammer. Iron Man. And, and Iron Man had like some great stuff like that, but that Peter Quill was like the fuck up of this movie, right? Like he yeah, was the one you... who as a hero failed the most. Have you seen the the hierarchy of heroes like meme from this? No. <laughs> it was like ultimate or like literal god to so Thor and then it was mm-hmm. like does awesome stuff and it's like Iron Man and uh Doctor Strange and I forget mm-hmm. who else. And it was like does some stuff and it was like so Spider-Man and some of the other people like does nothing but still doesn't fuck up and it's like most of the group and then it was like really fucked up and it's peter quill Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like this was this was the peter quill fucked up movie like for sure they were so close to getting the gauntlet off Mm -hmm. but then yeah like i'm wondering if coming out of this because like he he like split up from the guardians before this or uh he and rocket like split up right before this too and I think mm-hmm. that part of maybe this coming back around is because Rocket being the only Guardian that didn't get vaporized at the end of this. And when they eventually come back, like, I think they're going to try to, like, reestablish Rocket as the new captain mm. at this point. Because, like, look, like, he, like, Quill, you fucked up and you're part of the reason all this shit went down into shit. Rocket fucking went with the rest of the team, did what needed to be done, and fucking saved us all and brought us back. And I think maybe Peter's going to step down and maybe step down and out of the Guardians. And then almost kind of like, even though they teased him a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I'm wondering if Peter Quill is going to kind of step into that Adam Warlock spot and be the guy who is like the Soul Stone guy. Because that's normally Adam Warlock's position is he's like the guy with the Soul Stone. Mm. But if Peter, because like Gamora being the one who's trapped inside the Soul Stone, like I think that would be an interesting trajectory if they want to have Rocket take over as the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then have Peter Quill go off and essentially fill that Adam Warlock role, being the one with the Soul Stone that has Gamora in it. So then he's, like, eternally with Gamora, and she's, like, maybe trying to coach him through his stupid decisions and try to make him better. <laughs> gotcha. Like, I don't know. That's that's kind of a fan theory I'm working with. I yeah. Uh, do we also want to talk about how Vision became a bitch somehow? Yeah, what the fuck? Why is he the damsel in distress? Although I do gotta say, I loved that fucking, like, I marked so hard for when uh, Thanos had the time stone and just reversed him and brought him back to life so he could take the stone. That was so good. This movie was so good at, like, things happening, and I'm like, how does that work? And then, like, they reverse something or do something else. I'm like, oh, shit. I gotta say, like, Thanos' use of the reality stone... Did it make you so disappointed that they didn't do cool shit like that in Thor the Dark World where like the stone was introduced? Yeah. It was like, like man. at least at least with the Tesseract, like mm-hmm. the full power of the stone wasn't revealed, but some of its power was. Like people were teleporting and things like that. But mm-hmm. and like the same thing with all the other stones, like Time Stone, we we saw what it could do. But like, yeah, the reality stone, not used at all. Yeah, because, like, in the Thor Dark World, it was just like, oh, whatever, it's, like, an evil thing, I guess. <laughs> and, like, it was just so nonspecific and just shitty. But, yeah, I, I loved this. Because this was such, like, they used it really well in this one, right? Because, like, yes. it built up the incredible tension of, like, oh, man, is he going to shoot Gamora? And then his gun just shoots bubbles. Like, <laughs> yes. That was great. And then the whole, like, him tricking them at, like, the when he had already killed the Collector. And they thought that it was still going on. Like, that was good. Like great use of the reality stone definitely great use of all the stones i thought i liked how each one got its like showing mm-hmm. yeah every everybody got their their bit of spotlight as far as like these stones and it's like yeah it was really cool i thought it was a great movie and i love that like it's i heard a lot of people comparing it to empire strikes back and i think that's a very good comparison right because it's a movie where, like, the bad guys get the upper hand. And, like, you kind of yeah. have that, like, you, it's like it's on that downhill, right? Like, oh, shit, like, our heroes lost this battle, even though we kind of know they're going to win the war. Like, they 
definitively lost this battle for sure. Yes, exactly. And it just adds that whole layer and wrinkle to the the world that's very interesting. Which now makes me think because like all right, so we I feel reasonably confident, right, that all the people who got snapped away and vanished, they're all going to come back when Definitely. this gets reversed. But I'm actually a little bit more concerned as far as the safety for all the people who didn't get snapped away because those people who die in whatever fight they're going to probably try to put up against Thanos to try and reverse this whole thing, those people might just fucking be dead and that's it. Like, because if all the people are going to become back are the people who are trapped in the Soul Stone, then what about the people who just fucking die? I I think it's just the people that, like, disappeared. Yeah. So I, I still think that maybe... I'm guess I feel like they have to get rid of Captain America, right? Like they're going to be introducing Captain Marvel. They can't have two captains. That's just too confusing. <laughs> and Chris Evans has been doing this a long ass time. So it was I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Man, true. But I feel like they've been doing a lot better with like transitioning his character and his role That's out of true. being just Iron Man. Like I thought, like his role in Spider Man was awesome. Yes. That was a great cameo and good use of his character, whereas, like, I don't know, I feel like they've been figured, they don't know what to do with Captain America. I did like his uh, appearance, though. Even though, in the, like, in this one. Even though, like, I don't know how the fuck it made sense, because, like, they were just talking about how Vision and Scarlet Witch had, like, cut off all communication and contacts so that nobody could be talked to them or find out where they were. And this is even including surveillance from Tony Stark, who is like the tech nut, like tech nut on like the whole planet. But then somehow Captain America, the guy who technologically got stuck back in the forties can somehow find vision and then fucking miraculously save him at the exact right time when he's getting attacked by bad guys Mm -hmm. while also being on the run. So that one was weird too. That was another plot hole that I was like, how the fuck did this happen? I was okay with it just because, I mean, it ended up being cool. His, his but... entrance scene was so badass. Yeah, like, just catching that spear out of the air. Like, that was yeah. fucking cool. And then I, I love the Black uh, Panther line. And someone get this man a shield. <laughs> someone get this man a shield. And I... Oh, the shields that he got? Fucking awesome. Yeah, those are pretty badass. Those, like, yeah. crazy punchy shields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like WWE could take some take some notes from... Uh, Infinity War here on how to build people. Exactly. Badass and like do things that are true to their character too, right? Because like even though we were just ragging on Peter Quill for being a fucking shithead and ruining their plans and all that, like everything that he did was completely true to his character. And he's also going to make a comeback. I think so, right? Because like in that, and that's part of what was very interesting about it was like he was so uniquely screwed in that situation because it was like, oh shit, we're your lover, like your girlfriend, whatever is getting threatened by her insane, maniacal dad. Like, like yeah, it, it was perfectly designed for him to fucking lose this shit. Especially because he just got done dealing with his own daddy issues in the last movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I loved it. I thought it was good. I, yep, I give it me a, too. I give it an 89%, a very solid B+, because there were a few things... As far as just like plot holes or sloppy uh, CGI that I can't quite give it the A. Yeah. Uh, the CGI still wasn't as bad as Justice League Superman mustache, so. Uh, I still haven't seen the Justice League yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has a mustache? Well, he... he uh, there's a scene at the very beginning where Henry Cavill had to reshoot after they originally shot Justice League. Mm-hmm. And by that point, he already had grown a mustache for the next role that he took. And so he couldn't shave it because he needed it for this new role. And so they had to just CGI it out. And it's horrible. <laughs> oh, Christ. That's um, horrible. Yeah. Uh, Aaron and I already have plans, though, to go see it again. Because we are like, okay, now that we know what happens, now we can really pay attention to any like details that we've missed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the whole time we were both, like, gripping each other, like, not knowing who was going to die and when, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a really great one. I, it, was, I, it was an emotionally draining movie the first time you watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, you know, person after person with, like, the... Because, 
like the whole snapping of the fingers thing and dissipating everybody is then coming right off of immediately after that you see Vision die twice. Yes. And like, yeah, it's it's an emotional roller coaster. And then a little before that is like Gamora gets the axe and then Loki's getting mm-hmm. the axe. Like crazy stuff. Yep. Alright. So I think it's gonna do it for us this week. Yeah. Uh next week, hopefully we'll be back to talking all wrestling if WWE gets better. <laughs> Uh, if not, we'll find something to talk about. Yep, we'll figure it out. Yep. Alright, have a good week, everyone. Check us out on Facebook, and see you next week. Yeah, uh, see you all next week, and check out our Better Booking Bureau uh, stuff on WordPress.com to tell us did we book it better than WWE? Because I think we absolutely right. We We have a very low bar right now. (laughs) Man, this is a really low bar right now. There's no way we're not beating them this week. But yeah, alright. Peace out, guys. See you next time.